Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Be Your Own Bank podcast. It's everybody's favorite time of the week, the weekly roundup. Hey, guys. Appreciate you tuning in. Please remember, like, subscribe, leave a comment. We really appreciate that. And don't forget to turn on notifications so you can get us right when we post. This week, a lot of hacks have been going on. Solana is under fire. We want to talk about how much money was stolen, what that means for your wallet selection, and how you can be secure. Additionally, a bridge, a crypto bridge, another one, was attacked. Money was siphoned out. We want to tell you what a bridge is, what does that mean, and how does that affect you. And then finally, this week, Coinbase partnered with a huge money management firm, BlackRock, and it's probably why their stock is up so much. So we want to talk to you about what that means for crypto and Coinbase. So getting started, Solana, $8 million was stolen from user wallets and specifically client-centered wallets, which we have talked about as a good middle ground alternative to keeping your money on an exchange. Okay, so we've got the three options, right? We have the exchange, which is not your money. It's their money, but you can have it when you need it. Uh, but if the exchange goes out of business, you're out of luck. Then you have your client-centered wallet, which is your coins, your keys, but it's also software. So you are subject to malware and phishing schemes and all that. And then you have your cold storage. So the first two are hot wallets, right? And right. the third one is a cold wallet. And a cold wallet just means you've got all your funds on a thumb drive in a safe place. But if you lose that, you're There's out of There's no luck too. recovery. So you can't say forgot my password kind of thing. So client center wallets are the middle ground. They are the middle ground, but they're also susceptible to hacks, which is what happened with Solana. Um, four main wallets, Phantom, Trust Wallet, Soul Flare, and Slope wallets were specifically targeted in this hack. Almost 8,000 accounts, $8 million drained out of these wallets. Very scary for them. Also unnerving for the crypto community. Um, but can we trust these wallets? Can we trust any of them now with, with all of this money being taken out? I mean, you can trust them until you can't trust them, I think, right? I, I mean, I think the distinction that's most important, though, is that you know, when people say hacked, they're like, oh, Solana was hacked. Not really. Solana is the blockchain. The blockchain is secure from in most cases, right? Like yeah. most blockchains that have been around, that have been vetted, Ethereum, you know, all, Bitcoin, these are unhackable Bitcoin. in most cases. So we're not talking about the blockchain being hacked. We're not talking about Solana being hacked. We're talking about wallets that host Solana Right. Network, Having right. vulnerabilities or the user error of interfacing with an application right. that has some malicious um, programming in it. Yeah. It's like, oh, you've got your, you know, African prince who needs this money, blah, blah, blah. And you click the, the link, that's on you. Or Seth Green who lost his NFT. Right. That was on him. He interacted, he interfaced with a program that was searching for those keys to steal his board ape or his coins or whatever. So the onus in part is on the individual to make sure that they are storing and interacting with things that are safe. So how do you protect against being one of these people that lost 8 million? Yeah. Well, one thing that I would recommend is 
making sure that the applications you're interacting with have been vetted yep, and that you're not just downloading random applications that could be phishing. Cause that's, that's another thing is some of these apps in the app store. Um, they keep talking about having malware and that malware now more than ever is targeting crypto accounts. Yep. So one thing you could do is have a dedicated device for your client centered wallet that only interacts with that software doesn't click on any links, doesn't go to, I mean, that's that's the nth degree. Sure. I'm not saying that you need to do that, but it's it's one way that I guess you could be more secure. Well, and I think another important thing is when you get your keys, when you set up your account and you get that, you know, that 12 sequence of words, boot, right? Boot. Bear. Rock. Kaleidoscope. Journey. Trophy. Skip. Lime. George. Dollhouse, maniac, fortitude. Good. Yeah. When you get those, I think that was twelve. I wasn't. Counting. I wasn't counting. I was just really focused on having um, better words than you. <laughs> <laughs> Once you get that, instead of storing that information on your computer on a text file, oh no, which nobody does. I'm of course, you of know, course that's yeah, that's one hundred and one. Is is actually maybe print that out on a printer or handwrite it on a piece of paper. Handwrite it on a piece of paper, and then now store that in a safe place. Put it in your Folgers can and buried in your backyard. And then now you can't get hacked because they don't have the ability to unlock your funds, unless you interact with a malicious piece of software. But yeah, for the most theoretically part. right. You're for right. the most part, for the do most your part. due diligence is what I'm saying. Yes. Don't be lazy about it because you are susceptible and you will continue to be susceptible because there's just so many people trying to get into this market and there's going to be some bad actors, of course. Absolutely. So you got to be careful. And I would even say I'm more comfortable having my funds on a centralized platform. Yeah. Tier one exchange, Kraken, Coinbase, Binance, FTX, right? And I don't put it all in one place. Right. Diversify. if you lose, if one goes under, you've, you know, you've hedged your bets a bit. Correct. Which is unnerving and stressful, but it's something you have to do at this time. Well, and I think too, I mean, if you want to get into this, like you're going to get a rug pull here and there, you know, and it's just kind of, you have to learn to live with it. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> at this point. And hopefully you'll get some of that money back, which. In I, the long run, long it's going to work out. Yeah. I promise. I don't promise, but I promise is that you're going to make more good decisions than bad. Yeah. Yes. You're going to get taken yes. advantage of every once yes. in a while, but that's life. Right. And it's much better than putting it in a savings account at your bank, earning 0.001% interest. I'm getting 1.4% now because of interest rates or yeah. Interest rates going up. are going up. Yeah. Anyways, mix it up. Client center wallets aren't all bad. Grand scheme of things, not a lot of money stolen, but it is a reminder that we have to be more diligent. Moving on, bridges. What are bridges? Uh, there are those like Golden Gate. Um, San Francisco. Bay Bridge. Those are both in San Francisco. Nice. Brooklyn Bridge. Bridge the card game. All bridges. Right. How does that relate to crypto? Lloyd Bridges, Jeff Bridges. 
I'll I'll keep I'll keep thinking. This is this is just like the the word the yeah. word thing. I get it. Okay. So in crypto, a bridge is designed to connect one blockchain to another. All these blockchains, most of them are independent. They're not interdependent. So how do we make them interdependent? We need a bridge. For example, if I want to use US dollar coin, I have to use it on Ethereum because it is native to Ethereum. It was built on Ethereum. Native. Native is a key word here. Native means original, OG. Okay. Where it started. The main network. Okay? Got it. So Ethereum is native to Ethereum, the network. US dollar coin is native to Ethereum. Okay? If I want to use US dollar coin, if I want to send a small transaction, I'm going to pay Ethereum fees, right. which could be high. could be more than the small transaction. Not realistic. But now with Bridge, with Bridge, I can take the US dollar coin and I can send it to the Bridge and the Bridge will then send it to a different network like Matic. And now I can send that US dollar coin, same value on a cheaper network. Right. But let's remember, Bridge isn't an actual like bridge. It's an entity, a third party that's acting as the middleman to make that transaction. Yep. So they are taking your US dollar coin Ethereum-based US dollar coin, let's just say USDC.E, and they are locking it up, they're freezing it, they're burning it, if you will, and they are issuing a USDC.P polygon coin. So you have this coffer of USDC.E coins that are locked up, and then you have created these USDC.P coins and you can use those accordingly. But if those USDC.E coins get hacked, what happens? That's a huge problem because they are the peg. They are the backing to that cloned or what we technically call a wrapped coin. They're the backing. So if the backing is pulled out, there's no inherent value to the wrapped coin. There's no inherent value to the USDC.E. P coin. Right. And so it can deplete the value, basically destroy your investment, which you have to be careful of. Um, and that's has happened multiple times. We've got Poly Network, Wormhole, Ronin, Horizon, all have been hacked over a hundred million dollars. It's so, scary. So think of it this way, right? So if we're going dollars to gold, right? So dollars used to be they used to have a silver bank note where you could get uh, the paper money said you have the you are entitled to this amount of silver and you could actually go get that amount of silver and it was backed you know the gold standard we've talked about that right doesn't exist now because we print money but imagine that you have a dollar certificate of bitcoin and that is all stolen from fort knox all the bitcoin stolen all the bitcoin yep. stolen and so now when you go to redeem your your certificate for Bitcoin, there is no Bitcoin. So your certificate is worth whatever that paper is worth at that moment. Right, exactly. And so that's why wrapped coins, although have a lot of um, utility, and I'll go into that, they are riskier because they require backing. And if that backing is pulled, if the, the third party rug pulls, or if a hack like, like the... Um, Nomad. Nomad. Like the Nomad bridge was just hacked for over almost $200 million. That $200 million is now not backing the wrapped coin, so those wrapped coins are going to go 
to zero. Because those frozen coins have just been hacked. They've just been stolen. Unfrozen. Unfrozen. And so whoever owns those owns the real the real native value. coins. The native coins. Yes. So how does this apply to you? Because it doesn't. Most it mostly doesn't, it but doesn't. it's a good thing to know. I mean, yeah. the term bridge is important because we're going to be using bridges more often as this gets bigger. But some exchanges do only offer wrapped coins. You can buy wrapped Bitcoin on some exchanges. If you're not going to utilize that wrapped Bitcoin for a purpose, you're better off buying the native currency. Just in case. Just in case. So what is the purpose? Sounds like bridges are bad. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to be on a Over a billion dollars in the last year has been stolen from bridges. So the reason you would want to use a bridge, one, it allows you to connect to different networks that may pay higher interest if you're using that network, or it might allow you to access apps that you can't access on the native network. Okay. Okay, that's one reason. Second reason is, like I said, more efficient. It's more efficient to send US dollar coin through Polygon than it is on Ethereum. Cheaper. Cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. And more efficient. It's faster. Okay. And finally, it allows you to take the dumb coins, like Dogecoin, Bitcoin. I love Bitcoin, but it is a dumb coin. It doesn't allow you to do smart things. It, Wait, what is it? Wait. Dumb coin versus smart coin. Dumb coin's a term that I came up with. But no. dumb coin basically means that it doesn't have applications that you can build on it. So think of Bitcoin as a flip phone. Think of Ethereum, think of Avalanche, think of Arbitum, Adara, Harmony, all of those. Think of them as smartphones because you can program applications on them. It's the upgrade to Bitcoin. Bitcoin was a store of value and now we're creating apps on top of these blockchains. Adding utility, yeah. And making that utility, which is what we talk about. So Bitcoin, Litecoin, Dogecoin, anything that has the Bitcoin blockchain or is a clone of is technically dumb. It's kind of dumb. But you can take that, you can wrap it, and now you have the value of Bitcoin on a smart chain yeah. where you can then integrate it. Like you could invest your Bitcoin onto a lending platform and get interest on it. So be aware if you're investing, you probably want the native coin unless you're going to use it for some sort of purpose. Yep. Finally, Coinbase, BlackRock, Partnership, Big deal. Huge. 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 So BlackRock is now using its Aladdin platform to allow customers to access Coinbase Prime. Which is the two-day shipping, right? It's actually like two-second shipping. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, you hit buy and it's but, it's there. But once again, BlackRock is an asset manager to the tune of $9 trillion. $9 trillion worth of assets. And so, so they will now be utilizing Coinbase as a custodian, as a way of purchasing, sending, adding to portfolios crypto for over 13,000 customers through their Aladdin platform. So that's going to make it easier for institutional money to enter the crypto market, which means... And retail money. Well, sure. But for the most part, these, these are big dogs. These are multi-million dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars of investment. Well, yeah. What was their ad? Their ad little uh, oh, picture it, of, of they had an a, example. Yeah. They had a, a little video tutorial and the example portfolio was $96 million. So yeah. this is for big, big investors. 
but that means that the market is maturing maturing it's it's uh, people are adopting it they want it as part of their portfolio they it's a it's a long-term play you can see that the money is excited about crypto and it's only gonna get more beneficial for people who don't have as much money to get in if the big money's already in yes and coinbase's stock is reflecting this partnership it's I think close to a hundred dollars and it was really deep in the hole. It was like 45, something yeah. like that. So yeah. it's over a hundred percent grown. It's grown over a hundred percent in the last week. But that happens. I'm not, that, that's not as big of a. It's not, but it, it just shows that BlackRock's got quite a bit of clout if they're going to be partnering with Coinbase. And it makes me feel more comfortable about using Coinbase too. Yeah. I, mean, I don't think we, we say this, but I don't think Coinbase is going anywhere. I think Coinbase is a safe bet. And I'm going to say that until the rug pull. Right. So. But that would destroy crypto as we know it. I think it would. I think it would. I think it would. Because they have over 12% of the world's crypto. So big money coming into crypto, making it easier. Get in. Get in. Are you in? (laughs) I'm in. Nice. That's the roundup. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. All right. Let's take a look at those charts. All right, let's take a look at Bitcoin. Right now, we're sitting at 23,250. We are continuing to move up. You can see the 50-day moving average in orange is still acting as support. Unfortunately, the 100-day moving average in green is acting as resistance. So we do need to break through that right around that 25K range to continue moving upward. It looks like we could grind between 20 and 25 for some time if we can't break that 100-day moving average. If we take a look at this chart, same thing we talked about, our Elliott Wave 4 grinding up slowly. 25,000 is the price to break. Once we break that with some volume, then 28 to 30. If we can't break through 25, then 20 is going to be a major support to watch. Hopefully nothing crazy happens on the stock market in the next few weeks. All right, let's take a look at total market cap. We are just above the 100-day moving average, which is good. We do have our resistance at 1.2 trillion to watch out for. But as long as Bitcoin maintains price, altcoins tend to move upwards. All right, let's go to our dollar cost averaging. I've got Stellar Lumen, XLM. Stellar is right around 12 cents right now. Stellar has been on a downward trajectory for over a year consolidating, ready for a move shortly. It has more room to go up than down. Next, we have Band. Band is $1.55. At the peak was $22. Band looks to be bottoming out a little bit. Might want to take a look at that. And finally, Avalanche. Same thing, we're revisiting the bottom. Right at $25 right now. Might want to pick up a little Avalanche. That's it for the charts, gang. We are the Bit Bros. Remember, we are not licensed financial advisors. All content is intended for educational purposes only. Please do your own research and only risk what you're willing to lose. We'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. You can check us out on YouTube or you can listen to us in your car on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'll see you next week.